It's a Saturday morning where we chat wine among other things with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are you today? I'm quite well. We're just counting down the hours when autumn comes in. At least it's not raining. No, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) It could be worse. It could be raining. Amen. Well, it it rained every day since last Sunday. Absolutely. Wow. Anyhow, I'm beginning to feel like we live in Seattle or someplace that we never get to see the sun. Well, we're going to be close to some Washington State wines that way. (laughs) Yeah, amen. Amen. Today, as promised last week, I thought I'd talk a little bit about a wine bar. A wine bar is sort of a tavern-like business focusing on selling wine rather than liquor. A typical feature of many wine bars is a wide selection of wines available by the glass. Some wine bars specialize in certain areas like Italy or Champagne or something like that. But most wine bars have a wide assortment of uh, different types of wine that you can try. And that's part of the charm and allure of a wine bar. You can ask to taste it before you buy a glass of it. And sometimes they have different flights where you can taste, say, three Merlots or three Cabernets, etc. And you only get a, a little portion of each one. Uh, It's really a charming place uh, because most wine bars, they're very knowledgeable. You know, you go into a regular bar, etc., and they usually have two or three pours uh, of different kind of wine, and they really don't know a thing about them. When you shop in a wine bar, your server generally can tell you a lot about wine, and it's a learning experience. The trend for wine bars in the United States was really slow to catch on. Uh, it started back in the late 70s in Europe, and uh, they didn't really gain any footing in the United States until the 90s, except a few places. It comes to mind, San Francisco had some wine bars back in the 80s that were fairly popular. Uh, Today, a wine bar kind of rivals a, a neighborhood bar or coffee shop. In fact, a wine bar is a sort of a Starbucks for people who like to drink, because you learn something in these wine bars. They really add a new dimension to wine tasting. Uh, They kind of get rid of that upscale opinion on wines and make it a very ordinary, comfortable thing to enjoy and to try. And that's why, you know, as I said earlier, they have a taste-before-you-buy philosophy that most bars don't have. So they're usually a comforting way stop and kind of fun to visit, usually casually informal. They add a real dimension to wine tasting because you're there with friends. And, you know, as I said, they usually break down just to be a, a neighborhood place to stop and enjoy yourself. But it's nice to know you can pick up uh, a learning experience while you're enjoying a glass of wine with friends and conversation. It, Wine bars usually are extremely casual. They're really easy. They uh, try and embrace the intellectual side of wine as well as just the basic enjoyment of it. And a good wine bar should have a relatively kind of intimate feel to it where you feel like you're learning something. My experience with wine bars uh, was the first one I ever went to was in Paris. And it was laid back. There were interesting people in there, and it was extraordinarily informative. And I thought, well, maybe that would go in the United States. Well, it didn't. As I said, that was the late 70s, 
and I continued to stop at that wine bar for many years till it finally closed about 10 years ago because the owner died. But it was an interesting thing. That was my first one. <coughs> and that was, as I said, in the 70s. Now, since the 90s, uh, there are a lot of wine bars everywhere. There are a lot here in the Twin Cities. Uh, I remember another t- experience a long time ago was going into a tapa bar in Spain and sherry bars in Jerez, Spain, where they uh, have these little tapas. And the tapa is really just sort of a Spanish hors d'oeuvre, if you will, a casual thing. And I thought the tapa, tapa bar was just wonderful because they had all sorts of Spanish wines that you ordinarily don't get to try. And they were from all over Spain. And, of course, while you were doing it, you're trying all these wonderful little plates of hors d'oeuvres, everything from octopus to bread with olive oil on it to just olives, uh, the little plates, the tapas. Uh, today, you know, there are wine bars everywhere, from Australia to Hong Kong. Most major cities have them, etc. Uh, one of the most popular wine bars I remember being into was in Italy years ago. The Italians, in many ways, are... Uh, very high-tech folks. Most people can't believe that. But that was the first official wine dispenser I ever saw was in a, uh, a Chianti bar, uh, a wine bar in Chianti. The town was Greve in Chianti. And you would buy this little plastic card, and they set it for whatever you paid for it, for one ounce, two ounce, or three ounce. And you'd go around the walls of this wine bar were bottles with dispensers, and you took your glass and you put the plastic card in, and you were dispensed one, two, or three ounces of whatever wine you had chosen, and you could try them all. Well, it was such an interesting thing. A friend of mine started one in San Francisco. Uh, However, in San Francisco, the people deemed it too sterile, not cozy or comfy, and it was an enormous flop and failure. The one in Greve and Chianti today is still very popular. But in Italy, it's the center of a medieval town. There's lots of charm and romance and uh, just a a wonderful ambience. You can go next door. There's like an Italian deli and pick up some uh, Parma ham or something along those lines and, and get your little thing and go and put your plastic card in and get a dispensary of wine. But as I said, that's Italy. It didn't work here in uh, California. And of course, one of the most popular places for wine bars was in San Francisco. They've got a lot there. And what I used to do years ago is I always would, there was one right near my hotel in San Francisco. And before I would drive up to Napa or Sonoma the next morning, I would stop in the wine bar and chat with the bartender. And that wine bar that I went to there also happened to sell wine. And I made through the years hundreds of wine discoveries uh, where people would come in from the wine country into this wine bar in San Francisco and sell him their wine. And I'd say, you got anything new? And and it was just like one-stop shopping. Before I went up into Napa to seek out new wineries, etc., I would sit with the owner of this wine bar, occasionally even buy a full bottle to take home with me. I liked it so well. And because they could sell full bottles of wine in a wine bar, there's that type of licensing in California. We don't quite have that here. But uh, I made lots and lots of wine discoveries at that wine bar. It was always one of my favorite places. And I'm happy to report 
it's still doing very well. As I said, a wine bar should be comfy with a warm feeling. Usually the food is very casual, a cheese board, a charcutier board. Uh, charcutier is sausage and salami and things like that. And when we built the wine bar here in the Twin Cities, I wanted it to be very French in style. That is, I love what they call in France a jambon blanc. It's just boiled ham on a crusty French bread with very, very good uh, butter. And it is absolutely so simple, and yet it's one of life's great pleasures, in my opinion, a jambon blanc. And, of course, at our wine bar, we have those, and I, I think we've done a remarkable job because <laughs> a good friend of mine from France said, that's the best one I've ever had outside of Paris. <laughs> so it was a, a pleasant experience to hear that from him. And as I said, it, it's just simple. We don't have French butter. We use Amish butter, which is, I think, just as good because it has a good high butter fat content. Uh, you know, it's a place to linger. A wine bar is sort of a, a Starbucks for people who like to drink wine. And like I said, it should be a learning experience as well. Uh, the, the, my own experience in wine bars has been nothing but very, very pleasant. Uh, as I said, I, I, in San Francisco, I used that one wine bar for wine discoveries, and it was so helpful because, you know, when you go to wine country, there's a lot of driving to go from one vineyard to the other. And generally, uh, your schedule doesn't have them right next to one another. You were going here and there. And then there were, when you went into that wine bar, he'd show me the five or six new Cabernets he liked or a great Chardonnay discovery or some Sauvignon Blanc that he thought was remarkable. Or he might even go and say, you know, we have this wonderful new Viognier. I've never had a good California Viognier. Wait till you taste this one. And generally he was spot on. And like I say, it made it for a very wonderful experience. And I think you have that here now. Uh, we're, I think, getting into the point where uh, wine bars are reaching their maturity here in the Twin Cities. And they're a wonderful place to go and learn about wine, to chat with somebody who knows something about wine. And while you're doing that, you're having a good time. It's like stopping in a neighborhood bar, a cheers, if you will, because everybody after a while knows your name, and they're very friendly, etc. And the good news is while you're enjoying that glass of wine, you're learning something, too. Uh, for example, at our wine bar, you can run down the hall at Haskell's and pick between over 10,000 different bottles of wine and bring them down and they'll open it up for you. And you can have a whole new experience there in addition to the about 60 wines that they pour at the wine bar. While you're enjoying wine, you're also learning something. And that's, that's in my opinion, Denny, the real appeal to these one uh, wine bars. They have a warm feeling. They're cozy. Uh, they're, they're a bar that doesn't have liquor and that's simply uh, I, in minnesota the most wine bars have beer and at our yeah. wine bar we have i think six or eight uh craft brews local breweries on tap uh and then of course you can if you're uh, interested in coffee you can have an espresso too but it's a cozy warm thing and it's fun as you travel around the world to stop in and visit different wine bars because i guarantee you 
you're going to not only enjoy yourself, you're going to learn something, too. Excellent. I hear it's just a great success. Well, Jack, for folks that, uh, again, you always have such great ideas, stop in at any one of the Haskell's locations. If you're downtown Minneapolis, you know where that is. Exactly. But, Jack, there's, there's many others, too. Indeed, there is. And the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. Uh, they love to pair wine with food. Today, I think, is duck opener. People would uh, want to pair some wine with a wild mallard duck. Just stop in and see the folks at Haskell's. They'll not only pair the wine, they'll help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. It'll be affordable and delicious. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big, big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen. There's a Haskell's in downtown Excelsior. The Haskell's in Faribault, in spite of the tornado, is open right off at 35. Maple Grove, our super seller, is not to be missed. And in downtown Minneapolis on Saturday and Sunday, there is free parking. Haskell's at Ridgedale at Minnetonka, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website. And if you're interested in the wine bar, stop at 900 Nicollet Mall, and you can pick up coffee, espresso, beer, and chat about wines as well as have a good glass. Excellent. Jack, let's talk again next week. What do I'm you say? going to look forward to it, Denny. Right. Thanks very much, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell's here on CCO.